You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Wednesday morning here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. It is time once again for Southern Fried Sports right here on your home for University of Alabama Athletics, Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show is always brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Back up and running today. Took a day off yesterday out of safety precautions, trying to be safe out there. Uh, but back at it, the chocolate lady today at Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. I like to call it a second chance Valentine's. Look, we've all screwed it up in the past, okay? We've all, our intentions might have been great on Valentine's Day in the past, but we didn't quite execute at the level that we need to. How about a second chance Valentine's opportunity for you there? Get by Peter Brook chocolate here. Maybe you didn't get it exactly right the first time around. You can do it this time. Second chance Valentine's Day. Ha ha. Peter Brook chocolate here. Joined on the program by the executive producer of SFS, Mr. Jacob Harrison, who together we combine to form the 60 bit of of sports talk. Radio, And we have news, Jacob. We have postponements where SEC men's basketball is concerned. The University of Alabama men's team right in the middle of all that. Uh, seems like the news is always popping whenever we hit the airwaves here on SFS. I tell you what, if there's one word over the past year that I have grown to just hate, it's the word postponement. You know, it's almost like we've become desensitized to it. I was thinking about this the last couple of days, you know, or just how things are scheduled or rescheduled now. You know, before this past year, if you had told someone, okay, we're going to reschedule SEC men's basketball so that there's going to be a game on a Thursday afternoon at 2 o'clock, that would have kind of shook to your core a little bit. You know, we're so creatures of habit. And we're not used to things like that. They come out the other day and tell us, oh, you're going to have Alabama, Texas A&M at 2, maybe, on Thursday afternoon. You kind of go, okay, sounds good. Sounds like the old in-school game back in middle school. And then they come out just a few moments ago and tell us not only is Alabama, Texas A&M postponed now, Alabama and A&M will not get together in College Station tomorrow afternoon. Something about those trips to College Station and Alabama athletics made me think of 1988 all over again. You had the Hurricane Bowl, as it was dubbed, all those years ago. Early season matchup between Alabama and Texas A&M, then of the Southwest Conference, not the Southeastern Conference, uh, was scrubbed over concerns due to weather, pushed back, to after the traditionally scheduled regular season finale against the Auburn Tigers. So that's basically what you're looking at right now, I guess. You're looking at capping the regular season with Auburn here in Tuscaloosa in a couple of Wednesdays, a couple of midweeks. And then uh, you'll, I guess, that postponement weekend that's been established for SEC men's hoops is, uh, I believe it's March 6th. 
So uh, looking at another weather-adjusted trip to College Station for Alabama Athletics. Hey, let's head to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line without further ado and check in with our good friend Steve on a Wednesday morning. Steve, how are you holding up? Chairman Travis, how you doing, boy? Hanging in there, pal. All right, all right. Uh, you know, I, I got to start with this. For the most part, uh, if it's not already obvious, already obvious, my family keeps me locked up in the basement for a lot, a lot of the time. So <laughs> typically, I, I come out and I'm about a month behind. So I've got a question for you. Let's hear it. <laughs> I, um, the the uh, when we went, you know played the uh, Big Twelve SEC Challenge and whatever that is, you know whatever it was. The Kentucky-Texas game was canceled because of COVID issues on with Kentucky. Did I hear right that that's a loss for Kentucky? Yeah, I don't think that's a loss. I, I don't. I don't believe that to be the case. I don't well, think there's forfeitures related to uh, COVID issues that, that well, I've seen anyway. Well, what I was the the and I didn't. I wasn't. They didn't really elaborate. The only thing they said was this was this was really bad for Kentucky because they had just beaten somebody. I forget now who it was. Conference game, and they said Kentucky needed to play this game to try to get a win. And I'm thinking, yeah. you mean they're going to charge him with a loss because of of COVID? So that's that's not what you understand. No, I, I believe that just went down as a cancellation. Now, okay. in terms uh, of opportunities, yeah, for this Kentucky team at the time, it definitely could have used that opportunity against a top tennis type team in Texas. So yeah. uh, not having that was not good for Kentucky, but you know, Kentucky sitting here at five and seven now and yeah, they're, they're six and going, 13 overall. And it, so it's not happening. in in retrospect, I don't think they're going to go very far and do, do much anyway, whatever they have left. But uh, I was just curious about that. And it's taken me forever to get to you to uh, ask you about it, see what you heard or, if I heard it wrong or even what you thought about it. <clears throat> yeah, that's what I that's what I understand the case to be in, okay. in those type of scenarios. Right. Yes. Man, I appreciate you clearing that up. Let me Travis. Have a good day, bud. No problem. Thanks for the call, Steve. There goes Steve on a Wednesday morning. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. Speaking of hoops, you want to feel old today? If you're my age especially, Michael Jordan. Air Jordan turns 58. Wow, 58 years old today. Uh, basketball, in terms of Alabama hoops, again, as we tell you, as I'm sure you've heard by now, uh, Alabama-Texas A&M set for tomorrow afternoon in College Station has now been postponed. Uh, but the passion, the fervor for this Alabama men's basketball team uh, shows up in the form of the secondary ticket price market you know alabama host vanderbilt now on saturday i don't think nate oates is probably all that upset about this game getting postponed you were going to have an exceptionally quick turnaround from thursday to saturday with vanderbilt coming in here well on StubHub today when i checked secondary market prices for alabama vanderbilt at coleman coliseum that's a noon tip on Saturday afternoon, by the way, uh, 150 was the lowest price I saw. 150 each, 150 each for Alabama men's basketball with Vanderbilt in here. Uh, we've talked about the potential for that Arkansas game one week from tonight looming, and Arkansas continues to give itself an outside chance at uh, some semblance of a of a run at uh, more so the co kind of SEC championship designation than anything else. But, man, Eric Musselman's got that team playing at a high level. Won its seventh straight league game in a row last night, this time over the Florida Gators out there at Bud Walton Arena. Arkansas now 13-1. and We talk about a season in which you've got limited capacities and home court advantage being diminished. That's still not an easy trip out to Fayetteville. Northwest Arkansas, you can get in and out of there a lot easier than you could 10, 15, 20 years ago. But still, you know, you go from Gainesville to Fayetteville for a midweek, that's not an easy trip. And with that win last night, again, Arkansas 13-1 and this season at Bud Walton 
Arena. And the Hogs get Alabama and LSU back-to-back at Bud Walton next week. So uh, Arkansas stays hot. Um, By the way, in announcing earlier today the postponements for tomorrow, not only on the men's side because you've got Ole Miss, speaking of Arkansas, uh, actually Alabama A&M, LSU at Ole Miss, Mississippi State at Auburn, have now been postponed for tomorrow. On the women's side, you had four postponements. However, Alabama at Florida tomorrow evening down in Gainesville apparently is still on. It wasn't in the games listed from the SEC office for postponement on the women's side for tomorrow. So Alabama women's basketball, it looks right now, is still a go for the Tide and the Gators, something to consider. And, man, you know, hopefully this weather will leave us alone for the upcoming weekend because it could be a stellar sports weekend around here. We talked about Alabama Vanderbilt at noon. You get your day cranked up with that. Two o'clock, right across the uh, walkway there, the drive there, you're going to have game two of the Alabama McNeese State baseball series so you can go from hoops at noon right there to the joe at two maybe a little chilly and then at four o'clock on saturday afternoon you're going to have alabama softball in a rare non-conference matchup with a conference opponent that is right now in the top 10 in the lsu tigers so you can go 12 2 and 4 with men's hoops baseball and softball on Saturday on the University of Alabama campus. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line. You also, of course, have the Power of the Pink Gymnastics Meet Friday night at Coleman Coliseum. Uh, perennial power, national power, speaking of LSU. That's LSU and gymnastics these days. You already, uh, by my research, you're looking at a sold-out, sold-out uh, based on capacity for that gymnastics meet. So a lot of interest in Alabama athletics coming up this weekend. A, as we move through the show, and by the way, we will have Cecil Hurd of the Tuscaloosa News and Tidesports.com coming up next. We're going to ask Cecil uh, about the SEC tournament and conference tournaments in general during this uh, COVID-altered and now weather-altered 2020-2021 college basketball season. But we'll get into some mock talk coming up a little bit later in the show as well as time permits. Also, 247sports.com has come out with its games of the year for the 2021 college football season. Also, not sure if you saw this, the American Football Coaches Association plans to address the faking of injuries in college football. Did you see that? And a possible a possible punishment, I guess you could say, or an infraction that could be accessed, I guess you could say, is that instead of a player having to go out for just one play, if they go down with a fraudulent, a faux injury, could be that they are banished to the sideline for the remainder of that possession now i saw it worded as the remainder of a series but that wouldn't make sense i mean if you're really going to enforce something like this and it is very much a fine line to try to walk because you're asking people to interpret between legitimate injury in this hypersensitive era of player safety and making the call on fake injuries uh but Instead of making someone just sit out the remain, see a series to me is a series of downs. And so if it's second down and you send someone off for the remainder of the series and the next play, you know, they convert the, the, they move the chains and it's a new series of downs. I'm thinking it's going to be a possession. You're going to have to sit out if they go through with this. But a lot to get into coming up next with Cecil Hurd of the Tuscaloosa News and Tidesports.com. You also have, by the way, High School Hoops, our Northridge Jaguars, both the girls and the boys in action today, weather impacting the high school postseason as well. Sub-regional action this afternoon, McAdory, the old alma mater of one Vincent Bo Jackson, involved in both the contest against the 
Northridge girls and boys basketball teams. McAdory boys will be here over off Northridge Road in a matchup of the guys at 4 o'clock. And meanwhile, the Northridge girls will make the trip over to Bessemer to take on the McAdory girls at four as well. When we come back, Cecil Hurt of the Tuscaloosa News and Tidesports.com joins us on a Wednesday edition of Southern Fried Sports presented by Peterbrook Chocolatier right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports, and it's brought to you by Koneka Sausage, a true Southern flavor since 1947, and now the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. Visit online at ConecuhSausage.com. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Following her record-setting performance on Sunday, Jasmine Walker has been named the Southeastern Conference Player of the Week in women's basketball. This is the first SEC weekly honor for Walker and the first for the Crimson Tide this season. Walker had a monster performance in Alabama's win at Auburn, setting the school record for points in a game with 41. The prior record of 38 points had stood for nearly 30 years after being set by Amy Lanham against Florida in 1992. Walker scored 21 of her 41 points in the fourth quarter, going 7 of 9 from the floor and a perfect 4 of 4 from the free throw line overall for the final 10 minutes. Minutes of play. I'll have more in a moment. The Crimson Tide's newest partner is already an Alabama favorite. Kaneka Sausage is now the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. Made in Evergreen, Alabama, Kaneka's tradition of making the finest hickory smoked sausage hasn't changed in over 70 years. Always great for breakfast, Kaneka Sausage is now a tailgate grilling favorite. Kaneka Sausage, a true Southern flavor since 1947, and now the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. Due to COVID-19 protocols among the Gardner-Webb softball program, the schedule for this weekend's Easton Bama Bash has been altered. Alabama will now play only Liberty and LSU this weekend, including three games for the Crimson Tide on Saturday at Rhodes Stadium. For more information, log on to RollTide.com. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Kaneka Sausage. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports. The sky becoming cloudy this afternoon. Tuscaloosa's high 44. Widespread rain tonight with the low at 36. Tomorrow, cloudy. Maybe some lingering light rain in spots. The high 47. And Friday, partially sunny with a high at 43. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9. The Crimson Tide will not be denied. So don't turn the dial. Don't give up on us. We're not going to do that to you. What? No basket case. No. We're not. We're not really slandering. Basket case, are we? Well, basket case in its uh, place at Bryant Denny Stadium's musical rota isn't all that well received, Jacob. It's not a fan favorite, just put it that way. It's not up there with Dixieland, Delight, or back in the day, the 2014 season when the uh, when they had the Sea Murder rocking, thumping. Mr. Brightside, yes, yay or nay? Uh, probably a nay for me on that. I mean, it, you know, look, I'm an old fart. If it was me, it'd probably just be Zeppelin the whole game. You know, with some Eric B and Rock M. I guess if I'm going to do some hip hop. Yeah, I mean, look, you're talking to a dinosaur here. All right, this is Jurassic Park with a radio show. You got here. It is Southern Fried Sports on a Wednesday, presented by Peterbrook Chocolatier. It is a Wednesday, and as we like to do on this day, we like to head to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line and check in with Cecil Hurt. <laughs> 
of the Tuscaloosa News and Tidesports.com. Cecil, like the rest of us, was anticipating a basketball game between the Alabama men's team and the Texas A&M Aggies. In-school game we were going to have tomorrow, Cecil. A little afternoon matinee action on a Thursday, but uh, that too now is gone by the boards. Yeah, it's um, a shame to lose all those Thursday games as a fan, but as a human being, I couldn't see any particular reason to put all those teams on the road when you know conditions are already bad, and particularly again in Texas. Uh, they're talking about some parts of Texas get six, six more inches of snow tonight, and you know who, so who knows? Yeah, and and. Plus, I think they've got 3 million people without power in Texas mm-hmm. right now, or 3 million homes without power. So it is just not the time to put um, <laughs> to put teams on the road. Um, I, I think this is a more imminent threat than Hurricane Gilbert was, I think. Um, and Alabama did fly out there for, um, for that one in 1988, so... Um, I'm sure that uh, if it's necessary to, to reschedule, and Texas A&M can't possibly play all the games that they've missed. You know, they're, they're just going to end up with less than 18 because they hadn't played since January the 30th. So um, I think the ones that might pause, and, and it's possible that an Alabama-Texas A&M game could have championship ramifications. It's possible that, that it would you know, that Alabama knocks off Vanderbilt and, and Arkansas and Mississippi State, Auburn, and you don't have to play it. And, you know, there's no purpose in playing it. So, um, yeah, it's something about the weather in college section. So unlike football, I guess, Cecil, uh, in, in your opinion, if it mathematically works out uh, that you've got your, your standalone regular season champion identified, it could be that, that you don't make up this game at all? Uh, it could be, and partly because A&M has plenty of other games that it's going to have to make up. Mm-hmm. And some of those could be teams on the bubble, you know, teams for, for whom that game would really matter, which for if Alabama, you know, it's hypothetical, uh, but if, if Alabama gets to 15 wins, um, before the over the next three games, which they certainly could do, um, I, I don't know what the purpose in in um, sending somebody out to Texas to play a game would be. Uh, to be perfectly frank, so um, just have to see. That's an SEC office decision. If it were if if this were the only game that Texas A and M had missed, then you'd say yeah, they'll they'll reschedule it for sure, but. Um, I think they've missed. They're two and six in the league, so they've played. Yeah, um, well, have five less conference games than Alabama already. I guess for the conference tournament, in terms of how you you know go about you know seeding teams and just your your field in general, uh, you have to take into consideration too, based on where A and M's in that with some other teams and. Yeah, look, if Alabama does win the next three and is sitting there at 15-1 and one in the league, Cecil, and is the regular season champ, if I'm the SEC, I don't know if I want Alabama playing any more games in terms of its NCAA tournament seeding. If it's 15-1, and one, i got to think its chances of a number one over, a number one seed um, yeah, and, and, is and better. Yeah, and Auburn and it's 16-1, and one, and, you know, what's what the... Why well, put them out there? The, yeah, what, what's the gain versus what's the lose? Yeah, it's true. So, so it's true. Um, and again, competitors want to play. I understand that, but it's a situation where Texas A and M, uh, even if they could can start playing, I think they're out of Arkansas Saturday. Um, so even if they can get started up, then they're gonna they're gonna be twelve, thirteen games, and there's no way they can make up all six games, so it's going to be a little bit of picking and choosing um, which one they plug in on that on that makeup what what the SEC has is makeup weekend um, before the tournament. Have there been rumblings about the 
about the turn the SEC tournament, just conference tournaments in general, uh, being contested around college basketball and the potential, I guess, for some teams to opt out of, of conference tournaments. Where where are we at with that discussion at this point? Is it? I I, I think at a, at a certain level, um, I don't think there are any Power Five conferences who don't intend to play a conference tournament or in basketball. If you go Power Six, it's sort of Big East um, being the six. I think they all intend to play. Um, <clears throat> if you're the Southland, uh, just to to pick an example, um, you're getting one bid regardless. So do you give it to your regular season champ or you, do you get everybody together, you know, have a bunch of teams, one of whom might have a COVID issue? Um, I don't know. I, I think in the America East or the Southland or, or the maybe even the Missouri Valley. Um, it's a little different consideration. I don't think there's been any um, substantive discussion about there not being an SEC tournament or about being opted out. I guess Alabama, like a lot of teams at this point in the season, but certainly a team that we give our undivided attention to and understanding the health issues uh, that this team has had and still trying to get a guy like Jordan Bruner back and what would have been a very tight turnaround from Thursday to Saturday. If if you had to postpone a game and potentially lose a game altogether, this wasn't, I guess, the, the worst scenario for Nate Oates in Alabama. No, and again, let me emphasize, they, they wanted to play. They were ready sure. to get on a plane last night if, if everything had been, uh, you know, if the forecast in College Station had been better, um, if travel conditions had been better, uh, they would have gotten on a plane and, and gone to play. So it's not a, a oh, you know, um, trying to, to manipulate the system situation. Now that it's reality, could it help? You know, you were going to have a situation, for instance, with Herb Jones, where he was going to be, it, say they flew out there today, and it had, had worked it out where they could fly out there today. So he's on a plane today. Don't know if he's going to be sitting on a runway somewhere, if they can get into College Station, if they had fly to Houston or San Antonio, which aren't much better, and then get on a bus and go and play tomorrow at 2 o'clock and get back on a plane which might or might not get out, or you might or might not be sitting on a tarmac for another four hours, um, might not get back to Tuscaloosa until Friday morning, um, and then play a game at noon on Saturday. So which situation, again, not that this was the consideration, but it's now the reality, and which situation do you think is probably better for her right now? Three days, you know. Stay at home, sleep in his own bed, get three days of treatment. Yeah. Then when you so, consider Arkansas midweek, next week you were looking at three games in a week with two of those being road trips to College Station and Fayetteville. Long road trips, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, it, could, it could be worse, but I don't think there was any calculation at that level that went into it. Um, the, the one thing I'll say, and I think we could – derive this from football season and from from the way that football season was handled. I don't I think the SEC office is very much about um, all for one and they're not just gonna let teams opt out when they feel like opting out. I think they understand what the medical realities are. But you know they 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 were rolling Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, some of those teams out in football with 55 guys there at the end, but they were going to play those games. And I think they have the same attitude as basketball. Cecil, the passing of Lorenzo Washington and understanding when it is athletes and certainly 
people of, of prominence that you know about and you followed for an extended period of time because they participated at places like Alabama and others. Uh, it, it's always it's always dread dreadful news and it's always impactful. But when it involves an individual just thirty four years old, it, it seems to have seems to strike even a deeper chord and and, and, and and it wasn't just Lorenzo here in the last week in terms of former Vincent football Jackson. players. Vincent Jackson and um you saw maybe you saw Ryan Leaf. Um and again, not understanding the specifics or knowing the specifics or if there's connections between any of these, but Ryan Leaf and I think reaction to Vincent Jackson for sure with a very emotional plea to the NFL to you know, take further steps in, in terms of post-career care, I guess you could say. Right. Um, you know, I, I don't know what's realistic from that perspective. We've long talked about on this program the need for an increase in, in mental health care. And, and I think you're seeing that at a lot of places, even on the college level. I think Alabama's an example of that. But um, I guess just Zoe in general. Uh, his passing and kind of remembering him during his time at Alabama. And, you know, you think about that 2009 national championship team. Uh, it was obviously Nick Saban's first, but uh, Zoe was among quite a few holdovers from the Mike Shula era that, right. that, that Nick took and that staff took and, and molded into a, a championship team with an emphasis on that defense, I guess. Right. Lorenzo, you know, he, he wasn't a guy that, that looked at Alabama and said, you know, I, I'm going to go there because I'll have a great chance to win the national championship. I mean, you felt like you did have a chance. And I'm sure Mike, um, through Mickey Conn, did a good job of recruiting it. But it, it wasn't the same as, as um, it is today. You know, it's a, different, it's a different set of circumstances. And so I had a lot of, a lot of respect for a lot of those guys who, who – you know, Eric Anders would be another one. Um, who, who signed Javier Arena, who signed with Andre Smith. You know, who signed with the previous coaching staff, the Mike Shuler coaching staff, um, and yet made the transition with Nick Saban and went on to be contributors. Um, either in 2008 to the team that reached the SEC championship game, or, or in 08 and 09. The, the national championship. Team. Yeah, again, you, and the you know, thirty-four years of age. You just, you just, you just yeah. sad to see it, and and uh, yeah, it was it was it was probably as much of anything. You know, we associate so much of recruiting with Nick Saban, and understandably so. I mean, Alabama. Uh-huh. With him, they have lived atop the recruiting rankings. But I think that two thousand nine team told us as much about player development and what was to come in that area as anything else. You had just had that 2008 class that certainly was critical to right. you know, getting this thing going under Nick Saban. But again, as, as you said, Javier Arenas, Zoe, uh, Justin Woodall was a holdover. Uh, Rashad sure. Johnson, a former walk-on under Shula. Corey Reamer played a big role on that 2009 team, especially after Dante Hightower. Uh, was injured, so uh, it was an interesting team and certainly an interesting person uh, when you talk about Lorenzo Washington. Cecil, um, it doesn't feel like baseball weather to me outside, but it's in not. a little more than 48 hours, <laughs> apparently, Let me tell you. apparently we're going to have hardball over at the Joe. Uh, yeah, Brad hard. Bohannon, uh, in, in his short time, has assembled a very impressive roster. Impressive to me. Speak about the weather. Talk about non-baseball weather. A lot of these guys from the Midwest, Connor Prelip, uh, the Canadians on this team, Cecil. What are you kind of expecting out of uh, uh, Brad Bohannon in year three here at, at Alabama? Well, if it's a carryover from, from what they were able to do in the abbreviated year two, um, they, they should be pretty good. Again, that is, the whole goal, I think, when you're in the SEC in baseball um, is just to get to a regional. And that's that's the, that's the got to be the goal for Alabama. It hasn't been in a while. Um, and I think they're good enough to do that. Um, just be competitive on the on the league weekend. 
And I think they're good enough to do that. Um, so that's a step forward. Every year's been a step forward. Um, and then <laughs> when you get to the regionals, and it really is baseball weather um, on my scale, then, then you, you do what you can. If you can be good enough to host a regional, uh, that's even better. And the NCAA is talking about having more geographic pods in the baseball regionals this year. You know, a little more cost awareness, not necessarily shipping SEC teams. You know, they may waive the the rule. You know, you may have uh, Alabama has a really good year and might have a regional that that um, Georgia's in Tuscaloosa playing in their region. They might double up on those conference teams. Um, rather than than ship Georgia out to to Pepperdine, you know, for a regional. Um, so I, I think that Alabama's certainly returning to pitching. Um, some surprise pitchers look like they're going to be in the early rotation, not pre-lip, obviously, but uh, some other new new names among the arms and. Um, I think they'll be better positionally. And so uh, you go out in the SEC, there's, there's a gradation of mind. You know, in football, you've got to go undefeated. You know, you just got to, that's expectation level is to go undefeated. In basketball, you know, you want to be where Alabama's men are right now. That's, that's, you know, but, but if you're 14 and four, that's a great year. In baseball, if you're, 16 and 14 in the league, that's a heck of a year. That may get you to Omaha. So um, Alabama might be able to do a little better than that. Um, look forward to seeing it. Brad, Brad's done an outstanding job, I'll say that. Um, steady, recruited really well, evaluated really well. Um, and so they're, they're, they're getting there, and, and they will get there. You know, get back to Hoover, get back in the regional. Uh, those are the next step. It will actually be, hopefully, Brad Bohannon's third full season, fourth season on the job coming up for Brad Bohannon. Again, yes, from a recruiting perspective, you anticipated right, right. positive 20, 20, results. Yeah. 2020, and, I don't know. Yeah, I know. It didn't, no finish to it? that one. No finish to what, that one. What do you call that limbo season? Uh, Cecil Michael Jordan turns 58 today. Um, what is your preeminent? Where, what one moment for Michael Jordan for you, whether it was Carolina, whether it was uh, obviously with the Chicago Bulls, uh, maybe it was baseball, who knows? What <laughs> moment for you stands atop the Michael Jordan heap? Yeah, let's set aside that he played against Alabama. <laughs> that's great. Let's, you know, that's a that's a different set of circumstances. Um, I, I would guess the the games against the. I, I remember him as as an NBA term, young Michael, and trying to get past Pistons in, in the in the playoffs, and and um, just what a what a talent he was then. Uh, most of the, <laughs> as they were racking up the, the title, um, yeah, I, I'd watch games and, and um, teams like those playoff games with Cleveland or, or uh, Craig Utah Eli. or whoever they yeah. were playing, it would be like, don't let him get the ball. Why are you letting him have the ball? Why is he getting that shot? I actually remember the Steve Kerr shot about as much as, as I do the Michael Jordan because at least somebody you know, kept the ball off of Michael. Uh, but he was amazing. I always thought, um, you know, and, and just had that charisma about him. Um, so, and that competitive fire, whether it was when he was competing in the dunk contest against Dominique or, um, in the playoffs, of course, everybody remembers, or most people remember the flu game. Um, that, that was he sick? Was it bad pizza or whatever? Um, 
we went out and competed. Um, so he, he, I'm going to be fascinated tonight and, and in the midst of trying to watch what basketball we have, also to watch Serena. What you know, once once the athletes are at that level, Michael, Tiger, Serena, uh, Brady, I guess fits in that too. Uh, you watch them different. I watch them differently, don't you? Yes. Just to say, can, can the admiration, the admiration is elevated even more, and you know, especially with Serena being a parent now and right. everything else she has going on at her age, and to be able to perform at an optimum level like she continues to do, yeah. to me, that's unfathomable. You know, and right. you know, LeBron, you can say the same thing about LeBron at this point in his career. You can, and and um, it, it's interesting to see how they, how far they can take it, and how they how they close. Um, it's not his personality, but on the other hand, what if what if Brady had, uh, after doing the Lombardi toss trophy toss the other day, <laughs> but what if Brady had a press conference tomorrow and said, "Guys, that's it. I'm going out on top." Y'all can debate all you want. You know, his legacy. Now, they're so competitive. You know, Tiger is so competitive. Serena's so competitive. And of course, she's still at the top of her game. Um, that it's hard for them to do that. I, I think it's tough. But they they think Tom Brady thinks he could win number eleven with the, with the Bucks next year. You not know, to uh, and, and not play in number eleven. And not to devalue the greatness of Jordan and LeBron and Brady and, you know, but Serena's out there by herself tonight, you know. It, 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 she's she's solo she out is. there. She is. That's it. She could lose. Osaka's really good. You know. Osaka's she's basically facing the the young Serena tonight. It, it, and and you what you don't and she's still Serena's not at this level and it's a different board. Um, you know, I'll always remember and, and be sad about um, Ali fighting Larry Holmes and Larry Holmes begging the referee to stop the fight. Yeah, that was terrible. But, you know, because he was hurt. I mean, he was doing damage, permanent damage to him, which Larry Holmes had to do. You know, he's in the ring. Um, but but if you're young and you don't remember, you know, probably and and. Um, mentioned the athletes who passed. Leon Spinks passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess last week, and from from that fight on, Ali wasn't the same Ali uh, because that for many reasons, but because that sport takes such a such a toll on on the participants um, in many ways. Uh, but so so you you could see late Ali fights where there were flashes of, of greatness and then you could just see the, the Holmes fight was probably as sad a, a thing as I've ever seen. It's what, you know, true, true poignant, sad and Larry Holmes people don't remember, you know, Fox fans don't remember. He's, he's really asking the referee to stop this. Yeah. Please don't let this go on. Not because he wanted to win the fight. He clearly had won the fight. He didn't want to keep hitting Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. And so the analogy being, you know, nobody's going to get, I, I guess the football player risks that a little bit um, as well. But the analogy being, it, it's hard for those guys to know when it's time because they're so competitive. And they always feel like they can do it one more time. And um, so, so back to your question. I, I won't ever remember Michael Jordan as a Washington Wizard. You know, no. Um, I don't know anybody who will. So, uh, but where do they rank? They are all. They're all. Uh, I, I'm glad to have seen them all. You know, um, and, and you can throw other names in there. You can throw Federer or. Um, Sampras. Simone Biles, different yeah. sport, different 
time frame, but uh, yeah, Sampras, Steffi uh, Graf, Nicholas, Nicholas, if that's your generation, yeah, uh, you know, and so it's uh, it, he's you know Jordan's a fascinating case, and you know he he brought that entire league up with him. People can can say what they want, but he did. Um, he coming right it, behind Larry and Magic. It's fascinating to see, and it's a fascinating question to ask because that's been, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see Serena play tonight. Mike, Mike coming right there. Could, excuse me? Mike coming right there behind Larry and Magic was huge. I mean, that, sure, sure. that took yeah. the NBA and, to And, the, and the NBA marketed it smartly, cleverly. Mm-hmm. And think of the think of the other people that were Reggie Miller, and Ewing, and Stockton and Malone, and you know, Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler, Olajuwon. Yeah, this is a, a quick one about how great Olajuwon was. Is that Michael Jordan was taken third in the draft, and there's a lot of you know Sam Bowie was taken second, but. You never hear anybody say Houston shouldn't have taken the Lodge one first. <laughs> you, you never hear people say, well, they could have had Michael Jordan. Yeah. You're like, dude, if you've been the Houston GM on that draft day, you're taking Hakeem Olajuwon, and you're perfectly happy that you did. You had Olajuwon and Ralph Sampson uh, mm-hmm. on those early teams. You don't see that. You don't see that anymore. No, people don't play that way that no, I mean, you, you'll see no. teams with two big guys now, but but they're both out. Spread the floor, Euro, yeah. You know, twenty. And that's what Ralph Sampson. Ralph Sampson really wanted to do that, didn't he? I mean, he, he was did. seven he four, but do that. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't anchored um, to the paint. So, and, and probably could have done that. Probably had he worked on those skills rather than having to post up. Uh, Probably could have done. Olajuwon could have done something. Olajuwon, that's why I'm playing Starkville. Um, Bob Boyd was coaching Mississippi State at the time, and Guy Lewis and Bob Boyd were close. Guy Lewis, the Houston coach, so Guy brought Pi Slam and Jamma up there. And so, 90 miles away, am I going to go see Hakeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler? Yes, I am. Um, and Olajuwon was six, probably six eleven. People call him seven foot um, player, but I think he was about six 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 ten, six eleven, whatever you want to call. Him. But he was proportioned the way Najee Harris proportioned. Yeah, you know, not not long legs, and you know, not like Connor Vanover at Arkansas, seven three. He was built like a running back at six eleven. Um, so he's one of the most amazing athletes, you know, soccer goalie and so forth. One of the most amazing athletes I've ever seen, as far as running the floor, jumping, muscular tone. He was just amazing. He was a, he do whatever he wanted in that game, but um, you know, a great pro player. Just never, never hear him mentioned in the same. Uh, People who, say, who think about it say he was great, but they'll never do the docu-series on Hakeem Olajuwon like they would with, with Michael or Tiger. Yeah, great player. Former soccer player, I guess. Uh, that's how athletic that's, Yeah, that's, 6'11 soccer goalie. Imagine trying yeah. to score against that guy. Might be tough. <laughs> As is always, what a tight end he would have been. <laughs> we like to do that. We like to make strong safeties and tight ends out of a lot of basketball players. You know, we tried to make a strong safety out of Retno Basahan a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, he would have. He would have been able to handle that. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Cecil, as always, we appreciate the time, my friend. We kept yeah, you too long. Bit. Rambling, but this is a good. Oh, I'd say we do, what, we do what we want Basketball here. Basketball postponed, and so yeah, we got we got time. Trust me, 
We got plenty right. of time. There Good you go, Cecil you. Hurt, sports editor and columnist for the Tuscaloosa News. Take a final break. Back to put a wrap on a Wednesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. The sky becoming cloudy this afternoon. Tuscaloosa's high 44. Widespread rain tonight with the low at 36. Tomorrow, cloudy. Maybe some lingering light rain in spots. The high 47. And Friday, partially sunny with a high at 43. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back to put a wrap on a Wednesday edition of Southern Fried Sports. As always, appreciate Cecil Hurd joining us on the program. Wanted to get around to some mock draft talk. Maybe we'll do that a little bit more as we get through the end of the week. John Ledyard, you hear John on the program periodically, one of the trusted draft analysts that you'll hear on this program. John has, for a long time, done great work in that area. He also covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the Pewter Report. He has his first mock out, Mach 1.0, and John has seven Alabama players going in the first round. Yeah! Devontae Smith, Patrick Sertan, Jalen Waddell, Matt Jones, Christian Barmore, Alex Leatherwood, and he has Najee Harris going with the last pick of the first round to the world champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We saw something similar to that a year ago, didn't we? With the Kansas City Chiefs, they went running back in the SEC West. Maybe the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who John covers, will follow his instruction. Will Najee be around at 32? Jacob Harrison doesn't think so. Jacob Harrison, our resident NFL draft guru, he has Najee going, I think it's 18th. Yes, sir. To the Tampa Bay or to the Miami Dolphins. I'm correct on that, right, Jacob? Yes, sir. All right. There you go. Always appreciate Jacob taking good care of the program here as the executive producer. Thanks again to Cecil Hurt for joining us. A Wednesday lunch whistle. This one, Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Get by there. Great sandwiches, great burgers, great plate meals. That you know what sounds good today? Ma, the meatloaf. Oh, that meatloaf at Southern Ale House. Outstanding. Great homemade sides as well. All of it available to you at Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Until 11 a.m. on Thursday. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, everybody. It makes me